0: On the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure.
1: Thank you for being.
2: Morning. Wow. What an absolutely glorious spring day. I'm not sure where everyone else is, but here in Atlanta, it is beautiful. And it's about time. We've had just, you know, kind of a rainy little spring here. So it's been fun to, to finally see the sun. So I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And my guest today is someone who is also in the Atlanta area. But it's funny, we have yet to meet in person, but every other Atlanta person that I talk to says, you have to have Melissa on your radio program. She is so cool and incredibly knowledgeable. So my guest today is Melissa Galt. Welcome, Melissa. How are you?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks, Deb.
2: Perfect. Well, let me go ahead and give a little bit of of Melissa's bio. I'm not going to give the whole thing right now because I want to skip back and forth into it because she has done such terrific things. And then she also includes all this fun stuff in her bio, which... You know, we all need to do. We need to put those fun little tidbits in there. So Melissa was named by Forbes Magazine as one of the top 20 women of influence on Twitter. She knows business branding and marketing both online and offline. Melissa has worked with hundreds of business owners and service-based professionals for over a decade with traditional and new media marketing solutions that get results and showcase their talent, experience, expertise, and personality. So with that, Melissa, welcome. And as I said, welcome. Get back and forth into your bio some more as we go along.
3: That sounds great. Thank you.
2: Perfect. Well, welcome. And you know, let's just jump right in with you know the fact that you know, you use social media quite a bit. Why do you use social media as a marketing tool? Why do you think it's it's such a good thing?
3: Well, I actually look at it less as a marketing tool and more as a relationship building tool because it gives people a chance to see who you really are beyond just your 180-degree professional persona. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons that social media came about is because we had been through the WorldCom's, the Enron's, the Bernie Madoff's, uh, the bank collapse, the car bailout, and we're living in an age of high-tech and high-distrust. And social creates opportunities for high-trust with high-tech.
2: Great. You know, and, and I think that hits it right there, you know, exactly what you were saying. It hits that nail on the head because it does allow us to build relationships. And the problem that I see with so many businesses is they don't, you know, they just post and post and post and post and post about them and what they sell. So when you work with, say, a business who has never really used social media, maybe they've done a lot of traditional advertising, things like that, what do you tell them, and then how do you really work with them to get them to build those relationships with people?
3: Well, I actually have a client on board right now who's been extremely reluctant to get into social networking and social media. And she says, I don't want to promote my business that way. I just want, you know, people to find me and to deliver my services. And I I got back with her on that, and I said, you know, it's not about promoting yourself because that's really not what social media is designed for you to do. It's not going to get you a sale. It's going to give you an opportunity to share who you are, your expertise, your experience, your thought leadership, your opinions in some selected cases. One does need to be careful. Um, And it creates that comfort level. And expedites that process of what I call your KLT factor, your No Like and Trust factor, mm-hmm. so that people get to that place where they're like, you know what, I know I can trust you. What do you do? What do you sell? I want to work with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. It
3: like reverses the sales process, so it puts you in a place of pull marketing instead of push marketing. Push mm-hmm. marketing is where we used to have Crazy Eddie screaming at us on the late night TV, going, "Buy my TVs." But now, you know, it's the process of, hey, come on over. Check out what I've got going on this weekend. I'm gonna head up to the mountains and, and visit some friends and we're gonna go hiking and have you ever been to the mountains where we're going? Oh cool. And you create these little mini dialogues with your points of connection that are what make you memorable beyond all the noise. It's online, so when companies get out there and they just broadcast, 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 they're not showing their people side.
0: And you I know, think and the
3: most important, yeah.
0: You
2: are so true. You know, it's, it's we have to show that people side of what we do, and you know, to, because we want to work with another person. You know, we want to buy a product, you know, even if we're just at you know a. a Big box store or something like that from a person. We don't want to know that a machine made it or that, you know, all those things. And, and I think that's where business owners kind of trip themselves up is they don't want to give too much information. And unfortunately, there of course are those people who do give too much information, but it's those little things that really, you know, it, just, just some little nugget that lets somebody know a little bit about somebody that they think, wow, that's, that's pretty cool.
3: Well, it's that, and it's also what Suzanne Evans says, and she is a colleague, a friend, and a mentor of mine, and she says, make your mess your message. And so while I do tend to steer clear of politics and religion, I think it's important to share the reality of what life is. I I had something occur last week that was Pretty uncomfortable for me. And I actually shared it with my entire online community, including Facebook. And I got the most wonderful responses because they said, you know, so many times, Melissa, people online seem so perfect Mm -hmm. as if nothing in their life could possibly be human. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and so social means you're pulling back that curtain and showing the good, the bad, and the ugly bits. Without showing the intimate parts. There, right. there is a fine line between social and personal, and, mm-hmm. and you want to stay social and not go personal.
2: Well, and, you know, for example, one of the, the coolest things that I learned about you in the last couple of days is that your mother is the absolutely gorgeous actress Anne Baxter. And I just thought that was the coolest thing to, to know that little bit about you.
3: Well, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you didn't already know because I do usually send it out about four or five times a year when she's on, but occasionally it escapes, and I certainly don't lead with it. But, yeah, it was fun, and last night was fun because I was um, actually watching some meaningless piece of drivel before I was waiting for PBS to come on, and I got a text from a friend of mine, and he said, I'm watching your mom on Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh! And I started flipping channels, and I found the Columbo episode. All, not only was my mother there, but my godmother was there as well. And I was just like, oh, this is too cool! Mm-hmm.
2: So it yeah, is—you know,
3: rare opportunity to see them both.
2: And it 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 makes you it it personalizes us. You know, that's so cool that your mom is is you know that uh, a famous actress. But it also is so cool just to watch your interaction and you know what you say about her because. She, you know, while she's this famous actress, she is also just your mom. And I think that is kind of a, a cool thing that, that we get to see from people. So it is kind of that little peek behind the curtain.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Great. Well, we are going to take a quick little break. It wasn't one that, that we had planned, but we're going to take a quick little break, Melissa, because your microphone is breaking up a little bit. So if I can have you hang up and call right back in, we will get you right back on the air. Okie Okay. we'll do okay. that. Okay, great. Thanks.
1: Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back
2: And we are back. Um, we took a quick little break because we had a little bit of technical problems. So, Melissa, welcome back. Well, thank you very much. I hope this is a little bit clearer. Oh, much better. This is absolutely perfect. It's almost like you and I were in the same room. So fabulous, fabulous. So, before the break, we were talking about the fact that to really be successful on social media, someone needs to build a relationship with people. You know, and and I remind people it's just like out in real life. You know, say you're at a restaurant. It's kind of fun to know that it might be your waiter's birthday or, you know, just those those little tidbits of of things. So what else do you tell business owners who are really struggling with Ugh, it's it's a waste of time. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to post. You know, I've got I know you have several uh different classes that you give. So why don't you give us some information about those and then talk to us about how, you know, how people use the tools, uh, you know, how they use social media to build relationships? Well, I'm
3: actually not currently running any public classes. I'm doing all of my work one-on-one with business owners. Okay. Um, And what I find is that there's a a very simple formula that I give that seems to put it into a format that's memorable and easy to implement, Mm -hmm. and I call it CREATE. Mm -hmm. And the C stands for CONNECT, the Mm -hmm. R stands for RELATE, the E stands for EDUCATE, the A stands for ACT, The T stands for touch, and the E stands for excite or engage. Great. And what that means basically is that you are connecting, just as you would have connected offline at a networking function, you're connecting online through LinkedIn, through Twitter, Mm -hmm. through Facebook, through maybe forums or associations that you're a member of, any other virtual format you can imagine. You're relating with what I call your cliff note bio, which is your Mm -hmm. points of connection, and we can dive into that one in a minute.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, You educate with your thought leadership. I mean, you've obviously got a level of experience and education behind you in your field, whether you're starting out or whether you have been established for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. So you've got something to share about your industry and your niche. And then the action is more about interacting. Mm -hmm. It really is about forming that dialogue, that back and forth. The touch is about touching them on a regular basis, whether it's with an electronic newsletter, um, whether it's via email, via text, um, could be via snail mail. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot of people that are reverting to that, and I built my first business with thank you notes. Mm -hmm. Great. Great. I sent out a thank you note, whether it was my first encounter with the client or my 15th. didn't mm-hmm. matter, and that made an enormous difference. And then the engagement or excitement is where you sort of stir the pot and you say, guess what, I've got something going on special that I think you're going to want to get involved in, or guess what, I've got an event over here, or guess what, I'm running a special, or you know what, with all the conversation we've had back and forth, I think I can really – help your business grow Um, so here's what I'd like to propose
0: Mm -hmm.
3: and you just it's a natural culmination of that create formula
2: well and one of the things you mentioned in there just made me think of something you know you mentioned you know that that when we touch people we want to do it in a variety of ways and I've seen too many people and I'll admit sometimes I think I've kind of fallen into this trap I over-rely on social media, and I forget that there are all these other ways that I need to be reaching out and and talking with people and communicating with them.
3: Well, there really are, because I know an awful lot of people, um, particularly in the corporate world, that aren't using social media at all, and they're very successful Mm -hmm. because they're doing it old school. I mean, they use LinkedIn some, but they Mm -hmm. still rely on text Personal email and phone calls. People mm-hmm. still pick up the phone. It's the fastest way to communicate with anyone, bar none.
2: Well, and the whole thing about a written note, you know, whether it's a quick little card or maybe you use something like send out cards or something, you know, that, but to get that little piece of cardboard in the mail that says, I appreciate your business, I loved meeting you, all of those various things. Every single time I get one of those from somebody, it goes on my bulletin board because yeah. it's cool, but it also because it's so unique. you saving it
3: because it's also rare.
2: Yeah. You know, they're, they're just, they never happen any longer. And I, I love getting those, especially the more personalized they are. You know, if it's just something where it's a thank you card and somebody signs it, eh, okay, that's nice that they took the effort. But at the same point, if they really wrote you know something that I know they remembered the conversation we had, or, you know something along those lines, they go to the top of my pile. You know, I just really love those.
3: Yeah, I think postcards can do the same thing because when I traveled, I used to send postcards to mm-hmm. all of my clients and prospects. And I would send upwards of fifty to a hundred any given trip, and I would find them on their desk, on their bulletin board, on their refrigerator. Um, on a significant surface, when I would return, because it kept me top of mind. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and, so the key and is it doesn't be able
3: to remain top
2: of mind, right? And and that takes what maybe thirty seconds a minute to do something like that. But if you're the top person on somebody's pile, it, it was definitely worth the, the minutes worth of time. Exactly.
3: Great. Exactly.
2: Well, you mentioned a cliff note bio. What do you mean by that?
3: Well, I think we all know our stories, but very few people share their stories without being actually asked and I think the key is when you're in conversation with somebody you want to look for those places of connection, for example, um I happen to have had the benefit of having lived in a number of different states and also in Greece briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've traveled globally um, I have a place in Highlands, North Carolina, and I have a place in Atlanta. So I have a diversity of points of connection. So when somebody says, um, oh, yeah, I I went to Boston College, I can go, oh, my gosh, well, I went to boarding school at Groton that's 35 Mm -hmm. miles outside of Boston. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember Groton. Mm -hmm. So all those little points of connection um, are what set you apart from people who have similar qualifications, particularly. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I've had um, clients ostensibly – hire me because we were both from California. She was from northern, I was from southern. If you know anything about California, that might as well be two different continents.
0: Oh, right. That's what?
3: a
2: huge landmass. It,
3: it was our point of connection. Mm-hmm. And another one, it turns out, she'd had me teaching a class for six weeks and then came to find out, lo and behold, she'd gone to the same boarding school as my younger sister 10 years earlier.
0: Oh. Well, so you know,
3: and- now in conversation, her first question
2: is always, How's your sister? Mm-hmm. Right. You so know, and those works. touch points are so important because, you know, we should, uh, my philosophy is that's kind of what we should be talking about first. You know, and maybe it's that we like the same show on TV or we did go to the same school right. or maybe competing schools. And of course, now we're all talking about March Madness basketball and, you know, all those various things. Right. And then when you find that similarity, Then you want to know more and you want to know more. And when you know more, that's when you say, hey, what do you do and how can I help you or how can you help me?
3: Exactly. Exactly. It really does become um, a relationship built on trust and commonalities. And most people don't pay any attention. When somebody's speaking to them, they're so busy forming their next statement Mm-hmm. that they're not listening for the points of connection. And I did do this exercise recently with um, a group of coaches. I was, I was speaking to the International Coaching Federation Georgia chapter.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And during the course of the presentation, I said, okay, um, I'd like you each to share something no one else at the table knows about you and find out where your points of connection are.
0: Mm. And ten
3: minutes later, I couldn't shut them up. I bet. Because they suddenly discovered all these amazing points of connection that they'd not known when they walked in the room that evening. Mm -hmm. And it was a very cool experience to see that, that going on in the room.
2: And, you know, I think one of the things that we all forget sometimes when we go to network or, you know, all those is maybe we're not there to network. Maybe we're there to make friends. And, you know, maybe it's not going to be my best buddy that I want to, you know, hang out with forever, but I do want to work with my friends. And now, you know, there's obviously the fine line of, you know, there are friends I don't want to do business with. And so that's kind of touchy. But it, it is something where it's it may, it's more than an acquaintance and less than a BFF. But somebody that I really want to, you know, maybe it's helping them. Whether it's helping them with a referral to somebody that they can do business with or maybe helping them myself. But it's those those little things that get us motivated to work with that person.
3: Well, I think it's a great point. I think also that networking should always be leading with a pay-it-forward attitude. And when you Mm -hmm. focus on what can you do for them, what do they need most, that kind of turns the whole networking paradigm on its ear because Mm -hmm. most people are like, well, who can help me, who can help me, who can help me? Mm
0: -hmm. And
3: they're so busy collecting business cards and thrusting their card at people that they're not thinking, how can I be of service? Mm Mm-hmm. And when you enter networking, particularly social networking on that basis, how can I be of service? How can I connect you to what you need most? Mm -hmm. You'll find a lot more doors opening to connect you to what
2: you need most. Right. Well, and it's funny, I've had people when I've referred someone to someone else, maybe it's even for what I do, but I've referred someone to someone else, like, ooh, you gave business away. Well, you know, it's it's about making a win-win. Maybe it wasn't a good fit for me to work with them or, you know, there's a variety of reasons to to send someone to someone else. But I made everybody happy. And I do kind of believe in karma and what goes around, comes around, all those various things. And helping somebody else, even if it doesn't do anything more than make me feel good, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And it does, you know, I think that, that in the long run, it does make things much better. Oh, it absolutely does. It
3: absolutely does. Knowing who your ideal target market is and being willing to refer out those who are not your ideal fits is key mm-hmm. to success in business.
2: Right. It was funny, I, I uh, saw an article last week on LinkedIn, I guess it was, and it was talking about, you know, have you ever fired a client? And especially for a small business owner, that's probably one of the hardest things for somebody to do, but it, it's also, probably one of the best things for somebody to do, you know because you're not making the client happy if there's a problem, they know there's a problem, you know so they probably don't like working with you, but you know and, and then maybe you referred them to somebody who's going to be absolutely perfect for them, so you made both of those people happy, and you just kind of got rid of that dead wood you know it's it is it's tricky to to really know who your target market is and stick with it and keep with you know the the people that work the best.
3: Well, there's actually a a process that you need to go through to determine who your ideal target is, and most people don't go through the process. I mean, I've worked with business owners who've been in business 5, 10, 15, even 20 years, Mm -hmm. and they're still unclear on that, and it would have made an enormous difference in their bottom line results,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: because when you you work only with who you're best suited to, you really can deliver the world and then some, and you have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. but when instead you take everybody who shows up it puts you in a very precarious position mm-hmm.
2: you know and, and i always like the people when you say now who is a good you know client for you and they look at you perfectly straight face and say anyone Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> you know, even Walmart doesn't think that everyone is a perfect fit for a Walmart customer or, you know, any of those various things. Everybody has to have that sweet spot that is, you know, that they're the right people to work with. And it, it gets, you know, sure, we want to pay the bills. So we want to work with, you know, somebody else, but you end up focusing sometimes too much on those people and then you lose your sweet spot.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, you can. You can. You know, and sometimes it's, it's that's where... It's important to create what I call a most wanted poster. And keep Ooh, I like that. At all
0: times.
2: Now, is that something that somebody should create and kind of hang in their office? Yes, absolutely. You create it with an image, but
3: you also create it with bullet points of mm-hmm. what that person is like. What are the qualities they have, both demographic, geographic, and psychographic,
0: mm-hmm.
3: so that... Anytime you're on a call with a prospect, you can look at that poster and you can ask yourself, do they fit? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, there may be a couple of items outside of it and that's fine, but if they're too far outside of it or you're just really hungry, Mm -hmm. you're likely to make the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. So that poster can help keep you very much on track.
2: So what tools do you suggest people use to kind of figure that out? You know, to, to get from the, gee, I want to work with everybody in the world to this exactly is who I need to work with. And we've really gone off topic of social media, but this is very cool.
3: Well, it's not off topic of social media, though, because the reality of it is if you're going to jump on social media as a business,
0: mm-hmm.
3: okay, and, and it's less about you hanging out and just having fun with Facebook, but you're actually getting on there and you want to be strategic. hmm then you do need to know who your target market is because you want to design your Facebook page so that your target market can easily and readily identify themselves when they land on your page and go, I'm home, Mm -hmm. this is where I belong. And if they can't, then you have not done an effective job of target marketing. Letting them know, calling them out, saying in your bio, I work with Mm -hmm. and being specific In that, and then targeting all of your content to them in a way that it feels like a personal conversation with Mm
0: -hmm. them. Well, and I
2: go ahead, go ahead. Well, you know what? What I love is you. You you, obviously in social media, all sorts of people who really aren't your potential customers can be liking you and following you and on all of those. But if you've been very careful with your messaging. It, the, the nice thing is they might know, you know what, I'm never going to work with Melissa, but I might know people who will. So then you've taken that, you've kind of made them your little brand evangelists also.
3: Exactly. Exactly. What you're doing is you're building brand ambassadors mm-hmm. wherever you go and whatever you do. Whether they're going to work with you directly or whether they simply like you so much that they want to recommend you, either one is absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're right, on a Facebook fan page, you can't control who friends you, who likes the page, who becomes your fan, but you are in charge of your interaction,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and that interaction needs to be targeted instead of scattered and needs to be specific instead of general.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because they can't be a good brand ambassador if they can't say, "Here's who this person is looking for." Exactly. You know, and, and I think that the trick to this is in the focusing. So how do you work with your clients to to show them how to focus on the, you know, let's not try and hit the fly with the shotgun, let's try and, and do something very, very specific?
3: Well, typically I'll ask, if they've been in business any length of time at all, even a year, I'll ask, do you have three to five favorite clients. These are clients that you would get out of bed early in the morning for and you would stay past closing time for. Mm -hmm. And then we take a look at those clients and inevitably we find a lot of common traits. Mm. So then we start to build that profile. I also have created a 39 plus question um, format that we go through and answer all the questions in it. And then that way, we can, we can more clearly determine, now that we know who they are, we can look at where they're going to hang out,
0: mm-hmm. online and
3: offline. Where are you going to meet these people? Are you going to run into them at the soccer field on Saturdays? Are mm-hmm. they going to be in the Starbucks line? Or are they going to be at that business networking event at the club? Right. If you don't know who you're marketing to, you don't have any idea where you're going to be able to find them. So you've really mm-hmm. got to get super clear on it. And then you've got to dive into their lifestyle and their business style. Even if you're doing B2B, you've got to know about their lifestyle because you've got to understand what are their priorities, what mm-hmm. are their pain points, what are the challenges they're faced with, and what do they want to solve, which means they would hire you. Mm-hmm. Because you want- everybody in business ultimately is there to solve a problem. If I go buy a dress, I'm solving the problem of needing an outfit to wear to some occasion.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and the good store knows exactly how to market to you. You know, and, and you can tell just by walking by, okay, that's an outdoor clothing store, not gonna work. Hmm. This is for teens. You know, this is for people not my age. And then just by their exterior marketing, which is what, you know, we're talking about here, you know exactly which store you want to walk into.
3: Yes, and then it's based on the experience that I have once I go inside, whether or not mm-hmm. I return and tell
2: people right. about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's where people kind of miss out, too, is they think, okay, I can work with somebody once and do the project. Well, it, obviously, it depends on what you do. Maybe it is just kind of a one-time thing, but... You do want them to talk about you in a positive way. You know, you want them to refer to you. We all see all of the bad posts and all of the bad comments. I think people, you know, we, some people just thrive to complain. So, you know, it is about creating that good experience where maybe they wouldn't work with you again, but they would tell people, hey, you want to work with those people. And to me, that's one of the strongest selling features of social media is to get the people who liked working with you to say they liked working with you.
3: Well, it's basically word of mouth on steroids. Mm -hmm. And And and, people say, you know, if you ask your average small business owner, how have you always gotten your business to go word of mouth, word of mm, mouth? Referrals? So they don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, social is just word Mm -hmm. of mouth and referrals on steroids. Right.
2: And it's pretty simple to do. You know, I was, I was talking with somebody and she said, how do I tell people to do this? And I said, well, do you give them a physical invoice? You know, a printed invoice. And she said, yes. I said, then you need to add a statement on there. If you liked our service, please go to our Facebook page and tell people about it. And the second she started doing that, she was amazed at how many people really did it. It's kind of like we have to give people permission to do that. But when you do, they're more than happy to do it.
3: Well, you have to ask for what you want. You have to be very clear about it, and you've got to make it easy. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that she's also providing that invoice in email, and she's providing it with a clickable link. Mm-hmm.
2: And and easy is the key. You know, I w- was talking in a seminar last week about a restaurant that I went into, and it said there on every table there was a little card that said, "Like us on Facebook and get a free dessert." Well, now you know, I'm all about free desserts, so I'm, I'm <laughs> I could not find their Facebook page because that was all the card said. It didn't have a QR code. Mm-hmm. It didn't have a URL. It didn't have any of that. And unfortunately for oh. the restaurant, their Facebook page was not their their name. It was a common enough name that they couldn't get it. So of course, I asked the waitress, "Hello, yo, know, how?" And and her response was, "I don't know. I don't do that Facebook stuff." Okay, well, that wasn't good. And so not only, oh, oh, big fail. You know, not only did I lose out on my free dessert, which, you know, really bummed me out. But more importantly, they lost out on me going to their page and saying, hey, this was a fabulous meal. I'd like to tell all my friends to go there. And, you know, and and it could have been so simple. They could have just put a QR code there or the URL or something just to make it a little bit easier. But, you know, and, and it was funny. I've never been able to find them. I've looked, you know, once I got back to my computer and not trying to do it on my smartphone, I never could find their Facebook page. It wasn't. Anywhere Were you able to and their website, and then no, it was on no there? links on their website, no nothing. So <laughs> you know they started the process and only went you know the first step, and then they forgot that there are these other steps. It sounds like they might be a good client for you. I know, I need to go back. Well, of course, the bad part is now I can't remember their name either. Um, so, you know, it's I'll have to research that. Get back to them and, and you know, get back there and, and talk to them. But, you know, amazingly enough, we're already at the bottom of the hour. So we're going to go ahead and, and take our break. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, some of the... the. the um, your background, you know, who your other famous relatives are, and why that has influenced you with uh, some of the, the choices you've made in your career. I just loved your bio. I thought it was the coolest thing. So when we come back, we'll talk more about that.
0: Listening to Mile High Radio,
2: milehighradio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure.
3: Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich or working harder than ever but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our information, you can lead a
0: happier life, work from home, and start earning great money fast. I was a, a
3: traditional
2: business owner, and our business was affected greatly by the economy, so we are looking for another income stream. It allowed me to actually walk away from a 16-year career and part owner in a traditional business just after eight months.
0: Go to Freedom1000.com, get out of the rat race, work from home,
3: and start earning great money fast. I'm a single mom. Before this business, I was over $90,000 in credit card debt alone, and now. We go to Disneyland, Disney World. We've been on vacations to
0: Hawaii. I never could have done
3: that before this business. Go to Freedom1000.com right now and change your life today. That's Freedom1000.com. Freedom1000.com. And start earning great money fast. Is your computer getting slower? Is your printer not working right? Can't
2: get your smartphone to work with your PC? Or is the Internet taking so long to load that it seems like the worldwide wait? I'm Luke Ford, CEO of My Computer Works. Every day, we help people just like you fix their computer problems. We offer an affordable way to help you with your computer. It's fast, safe, and reliable. But you don't have to believe me. Here's what our customers are saying.
3: Thank you so much for My Computer Works. I feel like I've got a new partner. They did just as they promised. They were very friendly, and I will highly recommend them to my family and friends and other business associates.
2: You know, technology keeps advancing, and it's very hard to keep up. So My Computer Works is definitely a service that I can't do without. It's affordable, fast, and safe. It's My Computer Works. Just call 1-800-620-1090. 1-800-620-1090. That's 1-800-620-1090.
1: And we are
2: back. I am Deb Creer, and I'm the Socialite, and I'm passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And with me today, I'm just having so much fun with this guest. You know, engineer. Hello. We're just going to go forever. We're never going to stop talking today. Um, but anyhow, my guest is Melissa Galt, who is just an expert in social media and in particular Twitter. And I want to talk a little bit about that in a moment. But first, Melissa, tell people how they connect with you. The best ways to connect
3: with me are probably through online means, through Mm -hmm. Facebook, through Twitter, through LinkedIn. And on Facebook, the alternative to my name um, would be Prospering by Design. So it's Facebook.com, Prospering by Design. LinkedIn is LinkedIn forward slash in slash Melissa Galt, and Twitter is Melissa Galt, and Galt is G A L T, just like the Atlas Shrugged by Anne Rand. Perfect, perfect. So those are the easiest ways to
2: get to me. Yo and. When I was reading through your bio, one of the things that struck me was there is a reason you are so creative. You know, not only is your mother the, the actress Anne Baxter, your great grandfather is the architect Frank Lloyd Wright. And do you think that you you just have creative genes coming out of the woodwork? But I, I think that really has probably, in a lot of ways, driven you. Is is that true? Well. Yes, and
3: I have a 20-year history as an interior designer with my own practice as well. So, mm-hmm, right.
2: <laughs> just that all plays into it. Mhm. And and to me, social media in particular really is about being creative, you know, being fun, being entertaining, being engaging, all those various things we've been talking about. So, what if say you're trying to uh, you just for example, you you're you're Uh, someone trying to use social media and you sell widgets or something boring. I had somebody the other day, they said, well, I'm trying to, um, our business is tree trimming. How do you suggest that somebody like that use social media?
3: Well, it doesn't matter what your business is. You can still make it fun. Um, I think there's no better example than the company Big Ass Fans. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they sell big, giant industrial fans. The big, giant <laughs> industrial fans isn't nearly as entertaining as big-ass fans. Mm-hmm. So somebody needs a big-ass fan, that's literally the site they go to, bigassfans.com. Mm-hmm. You know, widgets don't have to be boring.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, even if you called it the Boring Widget Company, <laughs> that's poking fun at mm-hmm. what you're right. selling and mm-hmm. shows that you have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a company out there. Their name, temper Oh, Johnny Cupcakes. Mm-hmm. You would expect to find cupcakes there. That's not what they sell. They sell T-shirts, really creative T-shirts, both oh. online and offline. And their brick and mortar looks like a bakery mm-hmm. with the shirts displayed where the cupcakes would be. Oh, how cute! So. Yeah, it's about taking something ordinary and turning it into something extraordinary, memorable, mm-hmm. funny, entertaining, and captivating.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, and and making and most it memorable. Really,
3: are all those things? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The yeah, memorable and- is Johnny Cupcakes because you look at it and you're like, "Well, why aren't they selling cupcakes?" And then you're
2: like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I see what they're doing." And then you always remember them. And I think that's probably the key is you know they created something that people don't forget. Exactly.
0: Cool. Exactly. It, it is
3: about doing it differently, turning it on its ear, turning it upside down, going outside of the box, skipping the lines, you know, it's all of those pieces.
2: Hmm. Well, now, one of the things that I mentioned at the top of the hour when I was giving your bio is that Forbes magazine named you as one of the top 20 women of influence for entrepreneurs to follow on Twitter. So... A, Twitter is one of those where it's the most confusing for people. They think, you know, eh, eh, all anybody ever posts on Twitter is what they had for lunch. And I'll be honest, I can't even remember the last time I saw that on Twitter. But, you know, how, and, and, you know, I, how do you use Twitter as a way to reach people? And, and what tips do you have for people to use Twitter?
3: Well, okay, first of all, one of the primary reasons I I use and like Twitter is because as a speaker and a writer, it is an invaluable tool in honing my editing abilities and my ability to create sound bites. Ah. So anybody who speaks or writes, and that means if you blog or you send email, you're writing. Mm -hmm. Twitter is invaluable for that because it forces you to be succinct. Mm Mm-hmm. And it forces you, in other words, to do what I, what I call capture your brilliance on a cocktail napkin.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
3: an old saying that goes around Hollywood that if, you know, a real blockbuster only happens when you can present the idea for the movie on the back of a cocktail napkin.
0: Mm-hmm. We're not
3: talking about, you know, 300 pages of something. When you can distill it into the back of a cocktail napkin, which is going to be less than 140 characters, you've got something with success written all over it.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's you know, one of
3: the most important reasons that I'm, I'm on Twitter. And the other reason is, you know, I don't care what anybody ate for breakfast. Nobody does. Right. And you're absolutely right. However, here's what we do care about. We care about what you had if you're going to share the recipe. I want to know how to make that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: That becomes relevant, meaningful, and shareable. We care about who you had it with. Were they newsworthy, notable? Did mm-hmm. they say something interesting? Did you have a particularly fun time with them? Give us some scoop on that. So mm-hmm. that makes it meaningful, relevant, and shareable. And then the three is where did you have it? Did you have it at a cool place? Like here in Atlanta, we have Flying Biscuit.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay? The original Flying Biscuit is really fun and really cool. I haven't been to any of the other ones, but the original has these amazing murals on the walls, and they serve breakfast, you know, 24-7. It's just a very cool, fun place to be. So mm-hmm. that makes it meaningful, relevant, and shareable. Right. Right. It's not about that you had breakfast. It's about what you had. Are you going to share the recipe? Mm-hmm. Who you had it with? And where'd you have it? Right. So those three questions. When you answer those in depth, it makes it social.
2: Well, and you're generating that conversation with people. Um, I remember one time I heard Joel Com speak, and Joel wrote Twitter Power, which is probably still one of the best-selling books about Twitter. He's you know a worldwide speaker on the subject, and he he uh, talked about the time one time that he posted. I had donuts for breakfast. Okay, whoopee. But then he said, what's your favorite donut? And he Bingo. said he got more people, and, and you know, that's yeah. fluff, that's silly, that's stupid, but it got people engaged with him. And so then they went to his page and went, oh, you do more than talk about donuts. <laughs> yeah. And, and it really was kind of, it's back to what we were originally talking about. It's that initial touch point with somebody.
3: Well, people are also compelled to answer questions. So when you ask mm-hmm. a question, they are compelled to answer it. When I right. first climbed on Twitter, I remember I had tech issues um, during the course of like six months, and mm-hmm. I would literally put questions out there, and I would have um, a couple of dozen folks very well experienced zipping to my side to help me out just because they saw the question on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So Twitter is also an invaluable resource um, of talented individuals that you wouldn't get to meet or know otherwise.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, it's, I have another another colleague of mine um, has a Twitter alert, so to speak, on a handful of words to do with his business practice. So he monitors mm-hmm. those during the course of the day, and every time somebody mentions one of those, he goes and checks out the tweet mm-hmm. and swoops in with a solution. If it's a fit, and he's garnered quite a lot of business doing that. Right.
2: You know, and, and it's important to obviously always check to make sure the context, because you want to make, you know, you don't want to step in where you really shouldn't have stepped in, but the least somebody can say is no, go away. But if you didn't try to offer some type of solution or assistance, you lost out. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and I always tell people, it if is like real thing. world. If you were standing next to somebody in, say, Starbucks, and you heard them saying, you know, back to the, the tree trimmer person, if you, you know, you're standing in Starbucks, and you, you're a tree trimmer, and you hear somebody saying, ugh, you know, all these trees just broke, and I don't know what to do, wouldn't you turn around and offer your business card to them? So what's, you know, I don't understand why people hesitate to do that on social media. You know, if they look at you and say no, well then, you know, you take that as a no and you go away. But, you know, it, it really is exactly what we do in the real world. We just want to do it online also. Yes, and, you know, in the case of the tree trimmer, which is an interesting
3: example, the, the key is really to go beyond the act of tree trimming into what that benefit is to mm-hmm. the end user. So right. trimming trees, what does that do? It opens up Views. Mm -hmm. It takes out dead wood that could um, fall and harm either cars or a house in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, If if they look at their end use, you have to always look at the outcomes and the benefits, not Mm -hmm. the process. Right. And that really makes the biggest difference there.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the process sometimes is boring and, you know, things that we don't want to think about but it is the outcome you know it, it's having that gorgeous view or that the house that everybody wants to to come to because it's got such a cool backyard or you know all of those various things
3: right and what will make tree trimming social is when they're out there with their camera capturing the guys scaling the trees mm-hmm. i've done it i've done tree trimming in, in highlands -hmm. And I capture the guys scaling the trees because I find it so incredible with live
2: chainsaws hanging off their belts. Mm -hmm. I know it's the coolest thing we had. That makes it social, yeah. You know, and and then when you post about it, you know, one of the things I always tell people is social media basically makes us eighth graders, and we want to. Do what the cool kids do and we want to hang out with the cool kids. So that's, you know, that's kind of who we think about when we follow. You know, is this a cool person? Is this somebody that I want to get to know? Somebody, all those various things. So if I see one of my cool friends post, you know, something as mundane as, hey, we just had our trees trimmed, I'm thinking, okay, well, if, if that person would use that company, then I should probably think about using them too.
3: Exactly. Exactly
2: you know yeah, and, and i think that's, that's the the, uh, the power that's you know, the social
3: we, proof factor
2: mm-hmm. you know and and we can take things so much further and and it it is it can go too far you know we can can overpost and of course we've all seen things like that but <laughs> to me it's the underposting that it, it just pains me greatly when i go to somebody's page and i see that the last time they posted was you know, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. You know, I'm sorry if you're not going to post more often. Then delete your page. You know, don't make it be the ghost town because, especially with Facebook, that's where people do their research. And if they go and see that you haven't posted on your page in a long time, the thought process is: well, Is your business even operational?
3: I'll usually let somebody skate for as long as a week. When it goes longer, I want to see an update from them letting me know what's going on that Mm -hmm. they're not, they're not posting on their page because they could have a lot going on in their lives. And I think that gets tricky too because, you know, there are those of us, myself in particular, I have a very private life. Mm -hmm. I really do. And it is hard sometimes, genuinely hard to come up with something to put up there. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy. And, and I don't want to, you know, I've got friends who said, Melissa, I don't want to be part of Facebook. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And they're not, and I ha- I can't talk about them on Facebook, and I have to right. honor that, and mm-hmm. it's important to me to do that. So I think you have, to, you have to kind of balance it with what you know about the person as a whole and mm-hmm. what might be going on in their life that would be more important than climbing on and making updates. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and it's also interesting, you know, if, if you know that they post fairly often and they don't, then maybe that's, you know, a reason to reach out privately to them and say, is everything okay? You know, especially if you've been kind of watching their posts, and obviously we're talking more about personal stuff than business, but maybe you know they've been struggling. You know, all it takes is just somebody saying, hey, are you okay? Sometimes that completely changes somebody's day, Um, you know. And and on the business side, it was funny. I, I I post, you know, fairly often on my business page, you know, several times a day. And I went for oh three or four days without posting, and it was just you know life got hectic, and I didn't post. I had people who contacted me, and they said, "Is everything okay? We've missed your posts." So to me, that was just kind of those, aw, oh, feel good times. It, it, they might have not ever used me, you know, used my services, but they missed me. So that was kind of cool.
3: Yeah, no, that's very cool. That's definitely very cool.
2: You know, you it's, know and, and it's
3: important to have that.
2: And as a business, that's what we want people to to be thinking about. You know, if even if they're never going to work with you, will they miss your presence? You know, and and it. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I remember one of the episodes in in Star Trek when somebody died, and they had asked Data, "Would he miss that person?" And he said, "Well, you know, I don't have emotions, but I will notice that they're not there." And to and that was kind of a cool thing to me. I just thought that was a, a very cool revelation.
3: Yeah, it is a very cool revelation. And I think there's a lot of people like that. I think also that social media is renowned for being extremely positive.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So there is a level of it where people don't feel that they can be entirely real on it. And mm-hmm. I think that can become a real challenge.
2: Well, and you know, I, I don't think it's a place to air your dirty laundry. You know, I think that's one of those things. But it it is okay to say, you know, I'm having a bad day, or you know, I, my dog died. Oh, those just always break my heart. You know, and and but because it's social, and I think that's what people—it's social media—we should be able to say those things as long as it doesn't get so bad that you know, pretty soon people are you know. It, it, if they'd see you in real life where they turn around and run because they don't want to have a conversation with you, you know, it is it is something where we can do those things because, again, it comes back to what we were saying at the very start. It makes you human. You know, you've got those little things in there where, you know, just that that nice little thing or, you know, maybe it's something that wasn't so good, but it makes you human because we want to work with humans. We don't want to work with automatons.
3: Well, business is done people to people. It's not mm-hmm. done... People to logo, people to kids, people to cars, which is why I always give people a hard time when they're trying to lead with some other photograph other than themselves and themselves Mm -hmm. currently. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is the people who put anything but themselves up there. And I'm like, really? That's Mm -hmm. not who I want to have a relationship with.
2: You know, and, and I can understand a big business, you know, like Starbucks. They're going to have their logo, a cup of coffee, you know, whatever as yeah, their I get avatar. That. I get that. But, you know, if someone works with a person and they associate that business with a person, you know, even if that person has staff or something like that, but, you know, if it's, say, it's a doctor, the doctor has staff, but, you know, if you always, when you think about that, you think of that doctor's face. Then that doctor's face had better be the image that is showing up to the world. Exactly. Exactly. And And it needs to be an accurate
3: image so that he looks that way when you meet him. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) You know, especially
2: on LinkedIn.
3: I
0: mean,
2: you know, you're, you're, personal page on Facebook well you know I you can get away with some of those others but one of my biggest things before I meet with someone especially if I've never met them face to face and so say we're you know meeting in Starbucks or something I go to their LinkedIn page so they better have one um, and and I look at that picture because I want to walk up to them in Starbucks and say hi Bob hi you know Jane you know great to see you I'm very glad we're meeting with you today and that's what so many people forget is they shouldn't, you know, they they don't have a good image there, or on LinkedIn they've got the image and you know they're the tiny little person in the background. No, <laughs> you know, LinkedIn you need to have a good
3: picture there. Yeah, you need a good clear picture, smiling, so people know you've got teeth. Otherwise, they get worried.
2: Right. You know, and and one of the things that somebody talked about on uh, one of the other interviews I did was that you you want to be smiling and looking at. The, at the camera so basically at the person because it's like you're talking to them so if you've got your image and you're looking off to the side you know it's an arty picture and you're looking off to the side well is that going to be what you know you do in real life do you not look me in the eye when you talk to me?
3: I agree with you although I have seen one or two pictures that somebody was laughing
0: beautifully uh,
3: and they were you know their head was tilted back and they were definitely not looking straight at you but it was a great shot. Because so you are some rare exception is but, yeah. like you
2: you could see that their love of life was coming through. You know something like that. Yes. Yes. You know, and, and so and, and it's funny you people just need to look at their own image. You know how are they appearing? Is it warm? Is it inviting? And, you know, there are people who, they're just not comfortable having pictures taken. So that's always an, an entertaining thing. But there are ways to, to get around things like that.
3: But you're also dealing with people who don't look at themselves the way they really are. I mean, that's a
0: huge part of it, Deb. It really is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, and, and it's funny. I just had new headshots done last week. And my old headshot on my business stuff is 10 years old. And it, it you know, nicely it doesn't look like it was 10 years old but it was time for a change you know it was just kind of time for something like that but it's funny I'm I'm on Facebook as we're talking and let's see I've got somebody whose picture is their feet okay so that's fun um, I have no idea what that is it looks like a Star Trek picture this person is their logo and, and it's a one person business yeah. this person's fishing yeah. Yeah, okay that's yeah but they're also using it as part of their business platform. So to me, I'm thinking, okay, are they maybe not that serious about their business? Now, the fisherman, okay, you know, maybe a fishing is his business. That's different. But, you know, that, that image for so many people, that's the first impression that they get of someone.
3: But it's also important to be consistent across all platforms because mm-hmm. we recognize by face first, voice second, name third. So if your image is consistent across all platforms, people can readily find you, identify you, and interact with you. If it's not, and they have to look at the image and then figure out, well, are you? who are you?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's going to be a real point of disconnect.
2: Right. You know, and, and you've said it before, and we'll say it again, make it easy. You know, if I'm going to walk up to somebody, I want to know what they look like. I don't want to think, oh, are those the shoes they wore in their picture, or, you know, they had their child's picture and you know I understand people want their children's pictures but your avatar is not your place for that
3: no it's not and I actually disagree with the children and the avatars because I think it's a safety issue as much as anything else this is true i know i know really smart parents keep their kids completely off facebook yeah
2: you know and and uh, you know my one of the biggest things that i tell people and you know this will we'll digress on this one is You know, if your child is under 18 and they are on Facebook, a trusted adult needs to be their friend. Maybe it's not you. Maybe you don't use Facebook. You know, there's certainly lots of parents who don't use Facebook, but they need an adult who's there, who's watching because kids, you know, bless them. They, they don't realize the world is a bad place. And so they'll post things like, you know, I'm home alone or they'll jokingly say I cheated on my SATs and then whoops, there goes our college scholarship. So it's just always a good thing to protect the kids.
3: Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't say it from a bullhorn in Times Square. I, you don't want to say it online.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, and and I'm guessing that you know, especially with your background, with your your mom as an actress, it, that is something that you're you're sensitive to because you know you kind of there's there's a fishbowl that you in in a lot of ways probably grew up in, but it doesn't matter if it's you know you're the the daughter of a famous actress or the person down the street. Protect your kids, folks. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So we are almost at the top of the hour. You know, time just really, really flies. Let's, you know, if you had just one tip that you would want to share with everybody who's listening about how to be successful on social media, what is that one tip that you would share with people?
3: Be who you are. Be yourself. Lead with that Mm -hmm. instead of all the masks that, that most people put on. Um, and I actually have some goodies for listeners um, oh, at online OnlineMarketingSocialSolutions.com. Mm-hmm. There's a Facebook checklist, a Twitter checklist, a Pinterest checklist. A, I think I've got, I even got a LinkedIn checklist up there um, to make it easier to get strategically involved with the networks. I don't believe in doing it for grins and giggles. That's mm-hmm. your choice. But for strategic involvement for your business, and as a professional, mm-hmm. um, the tips up there, I think, can really be helpful. So it's online marketing Cool. And again, lead with being yourself. Lead with being who you are um, instead of some imagined person or instead of following what everybody else is doing because following the flock only gets you to wind up being a lamb chop.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, and... And we are all unique, so why don't we want people to know that online? You know, if they don't like me online, well, they probably won't like me offline. So okay, then we probably won't work together. But it's all right. You know, it's 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 fine to be yourself. Ah, but most people want to be liked
3: by everyone. They take it personally if it's otherwise. Mm
2: -hmm. know, and yeah, it hurts your feelings. But it's kind of like going back to what you were saying with your target market. You have to know who to work with, and sometimes that means they don't want to work with you. So, you know, exactly. move on. <laughs> Great. Well, one last time, Melissa, tell people how to connect with you online. Um, well, best way is going to be
3: onlinemarketingsocialsolutions dot com. Other than that, it's Twitter Melissa Galt, LinkedIn Melissa Galt, and Facebook Prospering by Design. Perfect,
2: perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, this has been, I always love it when I have guests on and I learn from them. And this has been such a treat to learn from you today. You know, we've, I've learned about you personally, but more importantly, I've learned lots of great business tips. And I hope that we actually get to meet in person someday since we're both in Atlanta. But until then, you know, I will follow you on Facebook, all those other things. For listeners, if they're not already following me, it's easy to find me. It's just debcareer.com. D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R all my links are there to follow me online and until next time I hope everyone enjoys this absolutely fabulous spring.
1: Thank you for being a friend
2: You're listening to Mile High Radio, milehighradio.com, on the World Wide Web, for your listening pleasure. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.